So uh, do I believe angels exist? Yes, they do. That's what when you think about, that's what praying is, right? I mean, it's praying is not always, oh God, you know, when, please give me the Ferrari uh, or please give me that, you know, house. It's, it's actually thanking God or whatever you believe in or just being grateful. Hey, thank you for tuning into another episode of Voices in My Head. This particular episode is part two of my discussion with Sumiran Anamaria Kashyap, who you also know as Thinking Totti. If you haven't seen that part, that was episode 14, part one. Please go ahead and check it out now and then you can come back to this particular episode. As usual, if you have anything to say, if you want to comment, if you want to give me your feedback, go ahead. You can email me at yamir at voicesinmyhead.in. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can comment and get in touch with us that way. The conversation with Sumiran continues. People come to me sometimes saying, no, I don't really have a particular question, just generally like what's going on in my life. Mm -hmm. I would never do a tarot reading for that person. Not because I don't have the competence. Not because I don't have the competence, but because if you don't know why it is that you need my help, right? How can I help you? No, but you know a lot of people just do it for the for the fun of it, and I and I have to say I've done that several times as well. But you'd still want me to say, oh, you know, I'm here for because I'm having trouble, or I'm you know, uh, in a romantic relationship, or a job, or you know, my my career, or you know, whatever. You want a direction to be able to. So, um, so again, again, it's the the answer is as intelligent as the question is, and I realize I could be sounding very condescending when I say that. But if you come to me for a reading and you say I have a, a question pertaining to my personal life, hmm. you can stop there. Okay, you can stop there. The minute you tell people I have problems in, I, I mean, I say you, I don't mean you. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Someone, someone comes and says. Um, I need a tarot reading from you because I'm, I'm really having troubles with my partner. Mm. You've already given... So someone who's not a genuine reader or someone, as you said, people who are just, you know, doing this because they're in it for the... They're trying to make a quick buck or whatever. Mm. You've already given the hint sure. that what you're seeking is an answer to a problem. Mm. And then they tend to capitalize on that a little bit. Understood. Yeah. So, so the so the uh, person who doesn't know how a tarot card is, is interpreted is assuming that it's coming from the tarot card. It could just be coming from your lifelong lifelong experience of uh, of observing people and dealing with people. Yeah, sure. And counseling or consulting with people. Sure. You know, intuition also builds like that. Hmm. A lot of people. Who, uh, there are a lot of people who are not uh, in who who, they, who would say that we're intuitive or we're spiritual, but they're very good at you know judging character, reading faces, hmm. all those things that we call spiritually woohoo because they've had such a long and eventful life uh, filled with experiences of dealing with human beings. Everyone is intuitive, so that's why uh, a good tarot reader always requests some sort of specific. Okay. In regards to where the question is coming from, because the same card could have different implications for a love question, for a special question, for X question, Y question, Z question. Hmm. For you to feel like you've learned something out of a tarot, if you could give the context broadly as a, as a supporting framework, you get uh, practical advice. On it. Because the tarot is built on such a practical system, it is built on. Um, the, uh, you could, you could, in a way, you could call the sea uh, of life, you know, something that determines the undercurrents of the because it is inspired by uh, uh, such a uh, such an existential methodology. 
there will always be something that you'll find useful coming out of the industry. So when people insist that no, it's just a general thing, then I find ways to let them know that they need to know what it is that they're looking for. You only find what it is that you need. Right. And, and when you find- when you do get a specific area and you're able to you know interpret interpret something and help them come closer to the answer and a lot of times it's not the answer that they want or it's it's maybe considered uh, or taken in a negative light because sometimes that will be the case i'm just trying to see how someone in your position can actually influence them in a positive manner by the end of it is about interpreting okay this is it it doesn't look that good but here's the positive outcome that you can take from it or this means i mean just just like a random example saying okay doesn't look like you know 2020 is going to be good for your health so but it's easy to fix this you need to eat right exercise more sleep better just i'm being very generic here because it's almost like a lot of people and and you may get tons of people coming to you for tarot after this i will i will send a few to you because uh, a lot of people in my family are, are are obsessed with this area of uh, you know this is their passion to just find out more about just keep finding out more about things that perhaps can't be answered in the normal realm of things so uh, yeah i was coming back to the fact that a lot of people may not go to a therapist but they may go or they will go to a tarot card reader to an astrologer to a fortune teller to a you know all these areas because it's not in in india definitely it's not taboo to go and get go to a tarot card reader or it's not taboo to get your patri made or read a million times but the moment you know uh, a therapist or a psychologist or a you know a psychiatrist comes in it's an area that, oh my god you know we can't go there so i'm actually trying to th- this may be a great new you know uh, uh, profession which is which which combines yeah i i, I was saying that i, I actually I, I thought of this now and this is an interesting area for someone to take up is like you know let's just sit, keep stick to tarot so do tarot and like a therapy together but it's disguised broadly as as tarot because I know that um, like suggestion right the word suggestion when you go to a person like this most people are in a, automatically in a suggestive state so that's why a lot of self fulfilling prophecies type of stuff happens because if you tell me that oh i see that your partner is going to cheat on you then uh, wh- even though that may somehow be happening and you've you've interpreted that you've read that in my cards but I may start behaving because you, I was in a suggestible state. You said that That's I may start right. behaving in a way that will actually push Make my partner sense. to take a step closer to cheating on me. The good question. No, it's a good question. It's a good question. Self-fulfilling. Self-fulfilling. That's exactly what a self-fulfilling yeah, prophecy yeah, is. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And it's a very good question that you're making, and that is why a tarot cards reader, sorry, tarot card readers are in a position of uh, strong responsibility. you're influencing someone by what you say to them they they'll leave your home or wherever you're doing the reading and they'll go and carry on living their lives but they've sure. carried what you've said to them so you have to speak from a very measured space yeah right so uh, how does so your question is how do you i, I my question is that do you from, i'm i'm asking you that do you kind of some when you when you end your session or when you interpret something do you end up putting a positive spin on it or you you're more black and white you say it as it is and you leave it up to the person to take action and interpret it finally how they interpret it i'll answer your question first by uh, picking up on something you said earlier in your question about subjectivity mm. in my personal 
and I will say compared to so many seasoned tarot readers, spiritualists, etc. out there. But based on my experiences, and boy, have I had some experiences during the lockdown. Okay. I'll tell you one. I'll come to that point. I'll come to that point in a second. But the most, in my experience, the most important angle of subjectivity here is the idea of free will. The Sephiroth or the Sephira, the angels, they all accommodate the idea of free will. The idea of sacred geometry, that there is uh, an underlying, beautifully proportionate, orchestrated symmetry to absolutely everything that you see, animate, animated or inanimate on this planet. They all make space for, for free will. And okay. everyone has free will, right? Right. Sure, you might be uh, influenced by a, a preordained sequence of events because you're part of this uh, cosmic orchestration which has resulted in your birth. So there'll always be something influencing you. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can qualitatively or quantitatively make a difference to what is your preordained sequence because of how you apply your free will, right? Okay. So yeah. I, I don't, I actually don't mince my words in a reading for the same reasons of well-being. Okay. If someone needs to hear something that is a matter of concern, then it's important. And who on earth am I to say that to anybody? Well, I've seen the positive experiences of putting myself through those experiences myself. Understood, understood. Understood now what you're... Uh, so, uh, yeah. Understood. If you, whether you, whether you look, at, uh, look at it from psychoanalysis, which is what we studied in college, whether you look at it from the Barclar MD system, which we can discuss in a bit, yes, and, please, or yeah. any of these, any of these, any of these um, uh, realms, someone who's teaching you well will always encourage you to maintain an introspective diary. It's very important. It's not just if you come to me as a querent taking a reading. I will tell you to make notes and all of that, but I have to do the same. I can never get complacent as a reader, ever. I must continue making my notes about how I feel about what, if at all, something triggered me in a reading. What did I feel during this particular reading? What do I feel when I read cards for myself? One has, one makes an effort to write it down. Sometimes one is too tired to write. I, I record my own voice. You know, I remember what I experienced in meditation by recording my voice because it's faster than writing. Okay. And I'm always typing all day long. I'm writing all day long. Hand, handwriting has gone for a toss because one is always texting. Mm. So, and by the end of the day, you're so pooped. Sometimes it's easier, it's easier to record. Understood. You know? So I keep some sort of record. And there's a reason why you're told that. Because... You can't get complacent about self-introspection. As I said, you can't stand up and say, I have hereby completed self-introspection. Congratulations to me. Now I can tell uh, the world and its grandfather what to do with its life. Mm, mm. You can't do that. You can't do that. If you want to speak from an intuitive place, think about experiences that you put yourself through as a person, exercises you put yourself through as a person. Think about the positive benefits that you've had. And if you see some resonance between that and a case in front of you, by all means, Take what you learn and give it as advice. Because if it is genuine, that's the way the person reacts to you will tell you. They'll be like, oh my God, that is exactly what I needed to hear. What they're basically hearing is, as I said, two, uh, what they're really hearing is the result of uh, the resonance between two people along the stream of the collective consciousness. Right? Yeah. She may not know or he may not know everything about my life. But because there is some similarity between what they've experienced now and what I experienced 10 years ago, hmm. I can take what I learned from that share it as, as a guidance and because we are connected in that stream of collective consciousness it will make sense sure pretty yeah. much in the same way pretty much in the same way uh, that if you asked a child in uh, kashmir and a child in kanyakumari to make a scenery they'll all make the three hills yeah. and the sun and the tree and and right. the house right. how 
how it's the collective consciousness connecting us connecting our idea of the sun with the rays yeah, and the moon yeah. being a crescent mm. and santa claus with a pointed cap and a little cotton ball on the top how do we know these details it's similar same same in fact uh, concept so um that, so again we're coming back to the importance of um understanding that you're as much a work in progress as the next person and that not only keeps you humble it not only keeps you grounded but it qualitatively adds to your expansion uh, as a person who's on a spiritual journey wow very... every person i need a card for yeah yeah every person i need a card for is is part of my spiritual journey as well right um every new person is bringing some sort of uh, experience to the table Mm-hmm. and i might learn something about what about humanity about human behavior in dealing with them and it, it's it's like a therapist because counselors psychologists they're always learning something about human behavior basis a client that comes right. to them right and they have to right? then debrief they have to let go of their own baggage because it builds up so i was interesting for that you said that i have to keep my own journal and record my own thoughts because in a, in just the way psychologists and counselors you know debrief with other counselors to let go of their baggage or learn from that you have to do something similar which i didn't know happens um, you know in this practice it's very important yeah you know um yes of course because there's a lot of energy work being done in readings the reader gets as exhausted or as overwhelmed as the person who's taking makes sense makes yes sense. of course because there's a lot of there's a lot of energy work being done but at the same time it's also uh, not that high up into the cosmos it's quite grounded in the reality on earth hmm. it takes a lot of energy to absorb firstly the story then do the interpretation basis the card then give the advice uh, and then make sure that um, you know the person is in a in a, in a grounded state as much as is possible when they finish the reading with you you can you you do your best to not be cryptic with someone because you know reinterpretation like that can sometimes be dangerous you do your best to um give them advice that is applicable to their daily life understood according to what they told you you know so um and that's why that's why people in this line of work have to maintain some degree of boundaries they have to make sure that they uh, indulge in certain activities or rituals after every reading right. because i have to replenish myself no sure. as well yeah so um a lot of people think it's a very mystical mysterious enigmatic thing that people in this line of work uh, work alone and they're reclusive and they're hermits and the witch mm. in the forest mm. there's a logic to it there's a logic to it a witch lives in the forest because that's how she or he feels connected to nature it doesn't have to be a woodland forest it could be the ocean side it could be anywhere else it could be a uh, a lone apartment on the top of a high rise whatever whatever floats your boat but it's about uh, finding a place that helps you feel grounded and connected with the elements that have led you to doing what you it's very for 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 me for example uh, it's very important to do the uh, himalayan pink salt baths right. it's very important to you know, burn incense in the house loban frankincense in particular myrrh in particular uh, these are sandalwood camphor these are my fragrances uh before i start a practice before i'm reading for someone else before i'm reading for myself when i'm ending my day it's very important for me to do all these things sure it's about keeping you know it's about remaining rooted while you're sprouting the proverbial spiritual wings in a way you have to be able to uh, maintain that sort of harmony uh, this is fascinating it's really 
Interesting. And tell me, how does tarot differ from angel communication? And we'll come to crystal healing after that. But uh, because the angel no, card I, reading I is something else, or is it is it intertwined with this? It's similar. It's yeah. I would say that uh, they are their distinct. Uh, they are their distinct areas, but they're also interconnected because. Uh, even the Kabbalah and uh, the Tree of Life uh, uh, takes into account the work of angels, etc. You know, okay. um, uh, angels are, uh, as we know them, if 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 people want to understand angels as they've always known them, depicted in spirituality, culture. Mm. However, that's that's all perfectly fine. Uh, but in very simple language, in a way that probably applies to a variety of, of thought processes, angels are just extremely high energy evolved beings energy okay. beings just like us just like us you can uh, you know i would say i would say that uh, when we have a special resonance with a particular angel or a, a particular kind of angel that's because those angels represent uh, higher advanced more evolved uh, versions of personality traits that we have at this at this point of time in our evolution okay right so right now what we are right now what we are as human beings we are at a particular point in evolution, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, angels represent a much higher, much more elevated uh, version of the same. And each angel has, uh, you, uh, angels have their particular areas of specialty. I'm putting it in very basic language here that they have certain areas of specialty. And we tend to connect with certain angels because that's what we're wanting or dealing with in life. And so we establish that connection. Okay. So uh, when you read an angel card, it, the concept is the same in terms of connecting with uh, higher energy realms. It, it's a medium of communication. It's the, and it's it's a little bit. A lot of people think uh, angel cards are easier to digest than tarot cards because the uh, cards, the way they are written and the way they are explained, is kind of self-explanatory. The advice is already there. Okay. The person who picked the card, you know, it's a two-liner piece of advice. Okay. But. Um, yeah, uh, if it's a card about, um, say, Archangel Michael, the heading will say, you know, vacuum away fear, cut cord. You get the piece of advice okay. you're looking for there. Okay. Uh, the, the, enrichment, the enrichment that the reader adds is um, in terms of how it applies to the particular context of the question. What could cord cutting and what could vacuuming fear mean to the person who's asking that question? Sure. It may not mean the same thing to you and I. Mm-hmm. And uh, they might bring uh, knowledge and study about how that angel operates that the regular person may not know. Okay. Which is why I said it's also a mix of study and natural intuition. Right. I, I'm taking the example of Archangel Michael because he's the perfect example of uh, natural intuition for me. He's the angel I've had uh, a connect with since I was a child. Okay. And um, I, I re-established that connection only in 2015. Okay. It's not that it's not that he wasn't there in my life at that point, but I I felt the lack of connect because of me, not because of the angel. So uh, I can go into a little bit of detail on that. I I don't know if I should. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, if uh, if yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to understand because I was just trying to understand because a lot of people get these things, but I don't think they ever bother understanding the difference between one from the other. So, uh, do I believe angels exist? Yes, they do. I'll put it this way. Okay. Okay. Uh, winged creatures flying about in the air. Some people be like, please, it's too much. It, it doesn't exist. 
you want to believe that if you if that's how you'd like to look at it that's perfectly fine but as i said they're high energy extremely evolved beings just mm. like we're some degree of evolved energy being sure so that should make it easier to relate to the concept of what an angel is mm-hmm. they've been depicted that way with wings and all for a reason yes of course uh but do i believe they exist yes uh have i had personal experiences with them most definitely okay most definitely when you say uh, that can you just share maybe something when you uh... yeah yeah sure um i was um i'd always called myself a lapsed meditator hmm. um up until this point and uh, 2015 2016 was when i found myself you know feeling that urgency that i need to make it a regular practice of my life and one time when i was um i i it was during my meditation practice that i found myself speaking to this angel and i said you've just abandoned me i found myself saying that you just abandoned me and i heard this please i'm just going to ask everyone who's hearing to take as it resonates i'm not asking everyone to believe i'm just well, this is your experience so you're sharing your my experience my don't worry experience. about that so uh, i was like you've just abandoned me and uh, i heard this very loud very clear hd booming voice saying that uh, i hadn't been abandoned that he was always there and he was just waiting for me to call on him which is why there's a reason why i say divine free will your free will is probably the most important subjective element in in spirituality he's been there all the while he's been looking after me he's been taking care of me but i haven't felt his impact in the way that i think i would have liked to because i didn't call upon him right angels will not help the angels will always be there but they'll wait for your green signal very gently very respectfully very calmly they're waiting for you to say yes please do this or yes please come or yes please help that's all it takes yes uh, please and a thank you there there's there doesn't have to be a very intricate invocation ceremony to call upon the angels mm-hmm. it just takes a please and a thank you honestly as sincerely as you can and um and i and and while i was hearing this uh, i was shown an experience in my life where he actually physically saved me okay from bodily harm um it was a very intense experience for me so i don't want to go into details of that uh but I that entire episode flashed before my eyes and there was no way I could have escaped without a scratch on my body in that experience and um that's how, that's when I first started you know reconnecting with the idea of angels and even back then I was a little skeptical to be very honest with you but it's built up into a very very rich relationship now and I find myself in constant communion again like I used to be when I when I was a child okay I, I yes and uh, he he's probably the main angel uh, that I, I that I communicate with the fastest the easiest to pick us uh, but it's opened up my eyes uh, and my sense of understanding to learning more about the angelic realm understanding uh, more about what kind of being angels are how can i explain them to people in in a layman's term which is what i have just done uh, who are the other angels what are their names uh you know what can people call upon them for you know if a person has x query what is the angel to work with if there's a y query what is the angel to work with and in terms of working with them it's it's all something you can do uh, as part of your meditation practice uh once once you figure out what it is that you need an angel's help with uh someone is able to guide you in terms of how to recognize that this angel has made its presence felt in your life 
Okay. So yeah. So uh, for healing, it's Raphael. Uh, it's an angel called Archangel Raphael for cord cutting, for protection, for courage to speak your truth to someone like Michael. Uh, when it comes to the beauty and uh, joys and purity and all things pleasant about you know, um, all things pleasant about all things beautiful is another angel called Uriel. So this Metatron, Met, um, there, there were two angels. There are two particular angels who were humans, and then they became angels. Okay. You know, so it's just it's just a massive realm of understanding the higher order angels, the ones below them, your everyday angels. It's it's uh, if you dedicate your time to it, you have to do it as respectfully as you possibly can. So but, even you know uh, from from again, a uh, sorry to interrupt you. So even from like a layman's perspective, or from a, a agnostic or atheist perspective, or someone who believes that there is even if you don't believe in God and you believe in energy and spirituality and there's a higher power. So I. Um, I'm not sure what I would. I I, I and I, I've written this in, in in my book, so I vary from uh, atheist to agnostic to to yeah. to sometimes a believer, and and I'm quite selfish about it uh, in my own way. What I started doing a couple of months ago was I started doing a, like a gratitude practice, which I wasn't doing earlier. So just before I sleep at night, I I, I you know I do it shanamli. And my son and I do it. He's just three, but we've we've kind of you know built this into the the it's nightly great. ritual. And and yeah, it, it works well. We feel great. It's you know it's a very high power, high energy, high frequency thought at night yeah. when you when you just and and you know essentially that's what when you think about that's what praying is, right? I mean, if praying is not always oh God, you know, when please give me the Ferrari. Uh, or please give me that you know house. It's it's actually thanking God or whatever you believe in, or just being grateful. I'm not even saying don't thank anyone. Just be grateful. Thank you for a great day. Or I'm very happy because I've had a great day. I have a great family. I have a great whatever you're grateful for. And I notice that you know your mood is better. You you sleep better. You wake up fresher. It's just. And and there are of course there are you know pure people who don't believe in any uh, and want to use the word woo woo and not believe in anything. There's also a scientific explanation because you're priming yourself that everything is okay in my life. It's I'm safe and it's okay for me to go to sleep well now or whenever you do a gratitude practice. But I think it it works well if you do it just before you sleep because you prime yourself and you prime yourself for uh, a good night's sleep. And if you get a good night's sleep, well, like ninety nine exactly. million things happen which are positive in your life provided you can get a good night's sleep so i I've, i've just tried to uh perhaps dumb it down because what you're saying perhaps maybe very out there for a lot of people who are not that connected to themselves or who haven't studied the subject who are not spiritual or who say i don't believe in god i don't if i don't believe in god how can there be angels how can there be angels and you know i've had to look after myself this is my own life so i'm just trying to kind of encourage people to start a gratitude practice here and also to understand yeah. that a lot of this is about gratitude you said how to you know the angels always yeah, oh, yeah, there yeah, you yeah, have yeah, to say absolutely. thank you please uh, thank you please i'm ready uh, gratitude absolutely. is it's, it's basically gratitude saying thank you please i'm ready absolutely exactly uh, and um, yes the reason it feels so good is because you've um, if you've received something from the system you've put something back hmm. so you feel harmonized with it right uh you know scientists will tell you that everything operates on harmonic frequencies on this planet mm-hmm. right uh and there's 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 some sort of electromagnetic field surrounding everything and everything on this planet right sure um uh, 
and uh, that's why we say things like let's collectively raise the vibration hmm. there's this it's not a very woo statement it's hmm. something very true because we are all connected by this very intricate very well organized web of harmonic frequencies when we right. all put our bit in together we experience everything together and um as i said when you take something from the system you put something back you feel good you you've taken something from the system in the sense that you have life right you 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 are alive uh and when you're grateful for the the life that you have you put something back in because out of that sense of gratitude you probably feel let me do this for so and so let me sure. write this that might actually affect somebody in a good way let me do this let me do that you're just um, replenishing the system what is happening when the system is not replenished look around us oh whether if we look at it yeah the world is when, uh, you know, in in a, in a mess yeah. whether you look at it from an environmental perspective or or any other existential perspective we're dealing with an imbalance in the replenishment ratio 2020 something some, something drastically went wrong in 2020 because either it was a build up of Uh, a lot of crap that people have been throwing at the world and this was the time this was the year the world decided to say okay let me show you how this works uh and when i say the world i mean whatever the energy is or whatever god or, you. you know so no i mean i'm i'm trying to you know for people listening to the podcast I'm, i that's what i mean 2020 okay. uh wanted us to press the brakes and to understand and and go through what we're going through each and every single person in the world was meant to go through it collectively for the first time something like this has happened so some this is a extremely significant year which brings me to how do i heal myself with all this going on so crystal crystal healing i mean you just talk about that and i think that is crystal healing is something a lot i mean i don't know if mainstream is the right word but a lot of people have heard of it because it's a little more mainstream than perhaps angel and angels and and understanding how cards may interpret their life um it is we've uh, come to that at a good point in the discussion because the way crystals work and again i'm just trying to keep it uh, simple and sort of you know um not so very intimidating to absorb the If you see uh, the way crystals are structured there's a very interesting lattice framework going on. Mhm. I'm speaking from a chemical point of view, physical point of view, right? I failed chemistry um, so you'll have to be a little more uh, uh um <laughs> There's a there's a way in which the, the there's a way in which uh, the crystal is structured at a right. fundamental level. Yeah. It's called a lattice framework because of the geometry around it. Mm-hmm. The the word itself comes from the structure of a lattice and um the harmonic frequencies that are surrounding this entity which is a crystal which sure. is uh most of the crystals come from the womb of the earth deep yeah. in, in the core of the earth some crystals are actually remnants of um, meteorites that might uh so um the harmonic frequencies that are surrounding the structure of the crystal and the harmonic harmonic frequency that surrounds our cellular structures mm. in the same way that we feel a communication when we enter a room or a building hmm. or we come across a person yeah energy you know, energies and, yeah i mean if you really think about it how do we choose that seat where we want to sit that part of the restaurant where we want to sit that particular room like how do you how do you choose right like, of course there's things like window and air and your personal preferences but sometimes you pick up on the vibe of a place and you're like i'm not sure i want to sit here 
Hmm. Or I'm not sure I want to sit next to this person. We, when we're sitting in a bus, we tend to sit near people who seem inviting, yeah. <laughs> or seem like, or 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 uh, or seem like they won't get irritated if I took out a you know snack from my bag and I started chomping on it. We tend to go by that. So it's Don't not as random. It's not as random as we it's think it is. It's not random. No, and you know it, it's all in the eye connect. Sometimes you sense the yes, okay, you can sit next to me. Mm. Okay. Uh, from people. Uh, it, this is all the connection of that, right? So, the, so your interaction. What I was coming to is that your interaction with the crystal happens in the same way. The what makes you say yes or no to sitting here or sitting next to that person or choosing X Y Z, even if it's a pillow. Then like, I don't know. This pillow doesn't feel right. It's the same way that you intuitively connect with the crystal, and you you'll find, as I did, that sometimes when you feel drawn towards the crystal and you allow that uh, connection to take place when you look up what that crystal is actually used to for you're like oh wow that's exactly what i needed okay that's that where i sense. started realizing that yeah that's when i started realizing wow this is something but why crystals that's just again it's just how i've always been i like that i told so you, you I studied like this I like, you studied this and i you, am studying do you I'm practice studying. so, so can somebody come to you uh, what is the best case can someone go to a crystal healer or can someone just pick up the crystal that suits them and just try to you know like people wear rings like you know pearl for this and uh, what is that coral for xyz yeah. is that a what is that that's a topaz blue Lapis. topaz huh Lapis lazuli. Okay, I'm Lapis I'm not lazuli. that well versed with this, uh, you know, with uh, uh, this area. Okay. Of, but uh, yeah, so you know, diamond, and then oh, if you wear, if you wear a uh, neelam, neelam is what, what's it called in English? The uh, bl- sapphire. Uh, sapphire, yeah, sapphire, sapphire, and oh, you know, Diana died because she was wearing a sapphire and it didn't suit her, and like you know, then stories like that keep emerging once in a while. And oh, Amitabh Bachchan's career got destroyed because he wore a sapphire, and you know it didn't suit him. And, and so, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen, but uh, what I'm trying to understand is that this is in the crystal. Crystal is it's it's the same working in the same way that people who wear rings and stones and 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 feel that they are going to be benefited yeah. by them, or it, yeah. is it slightly different? Yeah. No, no. Uh, when you when you uh connect a crystal to your skin or you wear it you keep it on your person or you keep it around your energy field it is connect it is in synchronicity with your energy field okay yeah. that is why uh, that is why you'll find that some days you connect with a crystal and then on other day and, and on other days you don't mm-hmm. uh because the frequency of that crystal is talking to something in your frequency right. uh and when its purpose has been served it doesn't speak to you in the same way it continues to speak to you but it doesn't speak to you in the same way because its purpose in your life has been served does it mean you dispose of it no you can still keep it that's right because as i said we're we're malleable forms of energy we're constantly evolving uh and we're constantly getting impacted by everything that's happening around us whether we accept it or not process it process it or not focus on it or not it's always happening right hmm. so um it, it is it is the it is the same philosophy um but you have to take care to make sure you do it in in a respectful fashion right um so uh, so, so yeah sorry i i'm asking from like you know from a wellness perspective let's say someone is listening and they have a specific issue and rather than pumping themselves with a medication which is only going to treat the symptoms which is what uh, you know traditional medication kind of does uh only treat the symptoms how do how does one begin 
to maybe educate themselves or get the right crystal for any issue, pick up any issue, like, let's say, I don't know, arthritis or um, diabetes or something like that? See, a lot of people uh, read, a lot of people look it up and then they uh, f- make sure they find as authentic a source of getting that particular crystal as they possibly can. Of course, crystals are available online, but I personally uh, would prefer that I procure a crystal from a person who I can speak to and meet face to face. Are these very expensive, oh, gen- generally speaking, or like they are? It depends. It depends on the character of the crystal. It depends on the size of the piece. It depends on uh, how it's been cut and polished. If I mean, all. in terms of what I, what I need to, you know, begin my wellness journey with, let's say, crystal healing. Uh, is it going to break my bank or is it going to be a few thousand bucks or like what? I'm just trying to get an idea so that people, if they want to dabble in this, they can, uh, you know. In some cases, in some cases, it can get a little expensive. Now, again, for some people, a few thousand bucks for a rock is frivolous, right? Well, they Uh, spend much more than that on medication. So I'm just trying to think that, you know, your annual medication cost for... Any, like, you know, let's say diabetes, like if you have type 1 diabetes, it's insulin. If you have type 2 diabetes, it's, well, something else. But but you're not really, actually, there is no medicine for type 2 diabetes from that aspect. Uh, unless you have apple cider vinegar and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, see, it's, uh, I think, depending on individual, first of all, depending on individual cases, it's uh, um, this decision to, like, scrap one form of healing in favor of another. Mm. Is, is 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 a very loaded uh, decision. You have to be very careful about uh, taking a decision like that. Um, these kind of healing methodologies, they are focused on recalibration and realignment. Sure. Sorry, I tend to like look away. No, that's fine. <laughs> I think talking. your your what the content of your you know what you're saying is more important. Thank you. Um, yeah, so they focus on that sense of recalibration and realignment. Now again. I'd have to bring up a point about the auric fields or the aura that surrounds a person. You know, there's several layers of that energetic realm surrounding every human being. And because, you know, certain crystals speak to us because there's a chink or a void in, in that energy field surrounding us. And res- and a resonance between the energy field around the crystal and our energy field can help fill that void, right? Right. So these kind of healing methodologies are aimed at that kind of recalibration and realignment. Okay. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that you should not take the medicine that you need to take or get the massage that you need to get. Sure. You you might say that doesn't you might say that doesn't that kind of uh, uh, energy um, doesn't that kind of energetic or etheric realignment solve the problem? It can set the stage for solving the problem because it helps replenish your body at some level, right? You have your physical body. Then there's something called the emotional layer around mm. it. There's something called an etheric layer around it. Sure. There's something called an astral layer around it. And in, instead of getting caught up in the jargon, to put it very simply, this is basically referring to levels of energy surrounding us between the level that we're at and the final level of um, elevation, escalation, evolvement, ascension, which connects us back to the ultimate source. Okay. Nirvana, in a way, of going back to the source. Okay, so I understand. again, I, I would leave it at that rather than getting caught up in the jargon of it. So these these forms of healing help you feel a little bit more put together because there's some sort of replenishment or strengthening going on at wherever you find you know a gap in these levels. And different crystals speak to different layers in different ways. Uh, and so yes, as I said, it can help set the stage for a stronger body. But you. Um, 
the strongest healing methodologies are the ones that stand the test of time because they are accommodating you okay. know they are accommodating they are all inclusive for example ayurveda hmm. it has in so many ways stood the test of time because it has had that sense of inclusivity it is still ayurveda in the sense that it always been you know a lot of people aren't able to connect with ayurveda because in its truest sense they find connecting with the way it's communicated very intimidating you know a lot of people find it's jargon heavy uh, a lot of people find that ayurvedic uh, recipes or products in their truest forms are a little hard to deal with the, with the scent or the texture or whatever it is right. uh, but it's not to, but it's not to say that ayurveda doesn't have modulated interpretations nowhere has it ever said that ayurveda scraps uh you know xyz modern method or or, or whatever mm, mm. right um so do you so practice a lot of uh, ayurvedic uh, techniques on yourself some some can you share which ones to, uh, can you share which ones you do because i'm trying to now shift our conversation to little more mainstream in quotes from because we've discussed a fascinating area and i just want to you know the second part okay so uh, the first step was um, so uh, my first introduction to ayurveda was uh, through the aryavedya shala kotakal kerala okay. uh, one of my uh, as i said i have family friends who are like family i refer to them as my nani my nani uh, you know introduced me to aryavedya shala and uh, shala or sala how you want to say uh, and she introduced me to certain tonics that uh, were very useful in helping me with um, skin and hair issues back then as a teenager you know okay. i was agonizing over over the typical teenage concerns yeah. and mine were very intense right so uh, she was the one who put me through and those tonics really helped me like i just experienced uh, this incredible transformation qualitatively uh, like i'd never seen before and that was my first experience with ayurveda and uh, it's carried on ever since um my um in terms of my daily life the first thing i did was to understand what my dosha is now your dosha is basically yeah, the yeah. the predominant the predominant elemental combination and i am uh, vat pit which is air and fire right right and i tend to i always tend to stumble upon a lot of air and fire people hmm. and i can i can almost recognize them uh, you know uh, what am, what am i i just speak to them and I'm just. I'm wondering if you if you have an interpretation of what I am because I you, def- I, you definitely you definitely some bit of vata for sure. I don't know you enough to know. If yeah, I know. Vata, I'm just generally vata. asking because yeah. that's something I'm I'm going to research yeah. myself. Sure. Um, it, you can uh, go to an Ayurvedic doctor uh, and and get an uh, assessment of what your predominant doshas are. So mine are fair, uh, fire and air, hmm. and um, it's interesting. and i say this to anyone who has got fire air elements in them because i again i realize this about myself so i make sure i share it with other people if it's going to make a difference to them now you need a little bit of air oxygen to light a fire mm. right mm. to get to, to yeah. and and a, and just the right amount of air can set a blazing fire into motion sure yeah but but too much air can put a fire out as mm. well yeah yeah and that's when i that's when i that's when i started understanding uh, the idea of harmony Okay. Uh, and that you've got to take the best of two things or three things and four things to make something spectacular. So, uh and I found that this was actually the root of all uh my issues in general, you know. 
too much air, too much fire, too little air, too, too little fire. Literally, because I'm someone who can self-combust. Mm. I'm someone who can burn easily. Um, and at the same time, I'm someone who's quite airy and flighty. Like, you know, I, I speak fast. I, I walk very fast. Okay. Um, <laughs> people at people at work tell me that you're, you're, it's too quick. It's too quick. The turnaround is too quick. Mm. You know, but when I start, when I self combust and when I burn out, people will keep chasing me. Yeah, or, to to get back to them. You know, so these extremes cause tremendous degrees of fatigue, and understanding that has helped me look after my skin, my hair. Um, it's it's uh, made a difference to my di- daily diet plan. I don't follow any diet. What works for me best is um, eating what would be right for me at particular times in the day. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, but uh, these are from Ayurvedic principles. Sorry, these are from Ayurvedic yes, principles. Yes. Okay. Following, yeah, following. So, so once a doctor tells me that this is what your dosha is, and they'll give some basic advice on what's an ideal breakfast, lunch, or dinner, I'm not saying I always follow it to the T. Yeah. I don't, and when I don't, I know it's out of whack. For example, I love both tea and coffee. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I've been doing very well with black coffee because the milky coffee doesn't suit me very well. But I do tend to relapse into milky coffee hmm. because it's got a comfort element for me. And when I do, it doesn't work for me. So my most productive time in the day is around 11, 11, 13 till around, say, either 4. That's when I'm like the most productive. That's the time for me to get chunks and chunks of work out of the day. Uh, and if I'm sluggish around 11, okay. 11.30, that means something is out of whack. My sleep cycle is out of whack. Or I'm not eating properly, or I've been drinking coffee at the wrong times of the day, or I've been drinking too much tea, you know. So okay. I'm a big tea and coffee fiend. I'll have the proper masala chai. I want the herbal chai. I want the coffee also. But you're allowed so all. I, you're allowed all that in Ayurveda, right? I'm My, minus that. the minus the milk and sugar, like. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm allowed all of that. But I uh, I can complicate my life by not having it at a time when it would actually be in harmony with my system. Understood. And that right. that's going to obviously vary for depending on the, your chronotype and all those things. So. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I don't follow a diet. I'm more about portion control. Um, I, I'll allow myself masala chai in the morning and the evening. And if I really, really feel like a coffee, I will have it. But the day I... And nothing happens to me if I have coffee at, uh, at you know... Uh, lunchtime for two three days in a row but then if i do it for too long it'll start to show on my person hmm. it, your body always gives you those warning signs so i'm not saying although i advocate that certain herbal teas are good for you I, i've always said it i've said it because they work for me but i'm not one of those you know uh, self-righteous people who can't say that i also slip up sometimes of course i do i'm human sometimes i just feel like eating uh, a giant bowl of ice cream because i do right it, it's it's fine you know, yeah. I, I'll, ne- I'll never be that person who trashes something else. Uh, and I've, I've had to have, I've had to have a massive slice of humble pie because I used to say that I could never be a vegetarian. I'm an unapologetic vegetarian. Hmm. But I've been vegetarian as of uh, December last year. Oh. And it, it, it's doing, it's working wonders for me. It's working wonders for me in terms of my meditations. It's working wonders for me in terms of the kind of person I am. Uh, a lot of people will tell you that Sumiran tends to get very anxious. Sumiran tends to get a bit flighty. Sumiran is uh, very passionate about the way she communicates things, which is true. But the intensity has been toned down greatly over the past decade. 100%. Uh, and the fact that I've recently turned vegetarian has worked for me. Like, it's 
enrich that process. I'm not saying that people who aren't vegetarian, they don't experience the same thing. I'm not saying people who are non-vegetarian, their meditation don't uh, work in as effective a manner as mine. I'm just saying that it works for me. In yeah, case. I would say the same, same for me. I mean, I also from a hardcore non-vegetarian became vegetarian and uh, happy being vegetarian. No, no problem. I'm happy. Yeah. 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 It's, um, do I have moments when I crave? Yeah. Um, I, I'm someone who's always enjoyed eggs for breakfast. So when I really, really crave it, do I give in to the craving? Yes, I do. Can I remember the last time I ate chicken or mutton? No, I don't. Uh, actually, yeah, I, Christmas was the last time, but I don't. I don't really remember as such. Honestly, once in a while doesn't After even Christmas count. And the problem is, once you've made this count. dietary switch, once you're mostly vegetarian, when you eat or when whenever yeah. I do end up eating non-vegetarian. Oh, my, my body tells me that I've had something that uh, I don't know if it's okay to say I shouldn't have had. But for me, I shouldn't have had that because it kind of uh, almost punishes me for uh, having that. Because also the quality that you, I mean, I've spoken about this on the podcast before, the quality of, you know, chicken, meat, fish, you know, one should be having versus what one gets on a regular basis in a restaurant. or It's just not adequate. So, so you know, that's mm. a full uh, debate on its own. Can you tell me about, um, uh, so, so, so Ayurveda was a, it was a good one in the sense that you're suggesting that it's, it's, it's can't just be generic. You have to go and find out what type of, uh, you know, um, it, helps. it helps, which exact, yes, which what type you are, what your, what your, what your property is. Yeah. What and, your, what your and, innate and based on that, yes. on based on that, you will, you will you know, incorporate certain practices or certain herbs or certain uh, kind of foods, etc. in your in your lifestyle? Uh, yeah, because um, that's how the elements circulate in my body. It's not like the other elements aren't there. It's not like air and water are not, sorry, water and earth are not in my, in, in my system or ether which is not in my system. It's just that these are the predominant ones. And the doshas, you know, they're dynamic in your body. But predominantly, these are the ones for me. So why would I not... Uh, want to if I'm making the effort to recalibrate the way I live my life why would I not incorporate it um, uh, an Ayurvedic doctor recommended certain herbs for me for example Brahmi yeah. Brahmi is something they recommended for me because of the because of that flighty side of me sure the one which is thinking of 10 ideas at the same mm-hmm. time you know the one that makes me talk fast and talk a lot um, and um, the mental shadow okay um uh, is it saying that it's a wrong thing to be expressive or to have mental chatter or to be a passionate speaker who therefore speaks rapidly? No, it's just about regulation. Something that helps me. And my body knows when I really need to take the Brahmi. Some, some days I remember to take it, some days I don't. But when I don't remember to take it and I really need it, my body tells me, I remember. Yeah, and uh, there's another particular Ayurvedic recommendation that works well for me is uh, Shatavari, Shatavari root. Okay. Shatavari is for a uh, general feminine well-being. Okay. Um, it it helps the feminine reproductive system, but also your life as a woman. Like it supports you through various phases of your life as a woman. Got it. Got it. And uh, I'm 33. I'm 33. It's just something I do to make sure uh, I'm helping my body and looking after it and nourishing it. It's not to say that I wouldn't consider a tablet if it was required, but um, I. I tend to stay away from tablets as the first protocol. Even you, by the time uh, you finish my book, we will have another chat and you will never eat a tablet in your life again. I will ensure it because there are some hidden things in there which I haven't actually on purpose spoken about. I've kept 
on the DL mm. uh, because uh, that's kind of the meat of the book or the superpower hidden in the book. Which, uh, if I you know give that out now, I want more copies to be sold <laughs> before uh, that gets yeah. like before I start speaking about that. But you 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 know you know. You'll know uh, oh, when you, when you come to the end, you you will you will figure out a few things which we can yeah. uh, discuss. So so this. I, I looked it up in the. Yeah. I looked it up in sorry sorry. Yeah yeah yeah. Tell me tell me. I look I looked it up in the index and I was like wow. So I haven't come to those chapters yet, but I know what's coming. Yeah yeah. Uh, so there's a particular so wanna, uh, breathing there's a particular breathing uh, technique in the end which has. Uh, which is why I'm here, which has changed my life. This whole, honestly, this book is actually because of uh, that. And I owe this whole turnaround in my life that happened thanks to, and a major part, thanks to that particular uh, technique, which for me, it just works so well. It literally transformed my life. And it's done that for millions of people. So, so, but I'm, I'm going to keep Absolutely. it, a, I'm going to continue to keep that a secret till, uh, uh, till more people have read the book. For me, uh, at the moment, the breathing exercises that uh, work for me, uh, I, I uh, engage in pran- pranayam and kapalbhati. My favorite yoga pose is the shirshasan. Um, I will, I, and the halasan. These are my right. favorite. That's the, I do, I, I do the, yeah, I also do at least those two every day, whether I'm exercising or not. Uh, yeah. I do series halasan, sarvang, uh, chakrasan, and... I've forgotten the last one's name. It's okay. Um, but yeah, so there are times when I just, uh, when I, I think I did this a couple of days ago, just, it, you know, feeling overwhelmed and I just put my uh, iPad down, my pen down, I just took out my mat and I just went into class for like two seconds. Yeah, and I think that, that you know, it's blood flow. There's just so much going on. I mean, there, it's, it's, it's a so full much. exercise and that just kind of, it's like a reset button for the body. It's great. It's a great thing to do. Um, and this actually is going to lead into something since we were talking about food, etc. It, it ties into wellness in, 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 in a way that has uh, impacted my life. Um, I, I was going to say that, you know, I read because uh, I, I make sure I, I do as much reading as I can on Ayurveda to learn more and understand what I learn. Uh, Vata people, hmm. uh, they're very touchy-feely. They communicate via touch. Okay. Uh, they love a good hug. They love to give a good hug. You know, they, they reach out to people to touch them when they're talking to them. That's just how they are. And uh, that resonated with me because I'm a big touchy-feely person. I, I love giving people hugs. It, it, you know, it's um, I have to control myself because sometimes you, you, you're communicating by a touch and a lot of people may think it's not platonic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, have to, I have to control myself because you don't know everyone as well and people don't know you, know that quirk about you as well, right? But I am a very um, touch-oriented person, um, I saw that bit about the cold shower. I'm, I'm, yeah. I haven't come to it yet. But uh, I, when I first learned that about Vata people, it spoke to me so much because um, tactile therapy is very important to me. Massage, uh, touch in any form. It's just it's just one of, it's it's something that speaks to me. It's something that grounds me. Some sort of tactile therapy. Sure. And I, I realized that it has a connection with temperature of water because I can't stand the cold. I can't stand the you cold. You will. You will have I to. Warmer. <laughs> I know. I, I I peaked, so um, in, into that chapter. But uh, I um, I'm a big fan of hot showers and lukewarm lukewarm showers. As part of my spiritual practice, I learned that one of the rituals for boundary setting after you do a session 
in terms of you know protecting your own energy is to have that that salt water water bath is for pure yeah yeah it's recommended with cold water oh i didn't know that oh fantastic there's a reason yeah trust me the see uh, hot hot showers have a lot of benefits of course but if you do a hot and a cold shower Oh wow! Then, yes. then you know you've got a huge yes. spectrum. You're you're putting your body under a lot of controlled stress, which basically makes your mind and body literally bulletproof. Like you have really boundless energy, immunity, no aches and pains. You can, I mean, just go on and on. Yeah, like you know. From that, from that, uh, I I want to share with people uh, coming from this point of tactile therapy, etc. I just want to share with people on the who are listening on the podcast that. If if you are someone who uh, you know uh, resonates with tactile therapy and it speaks to you, see uh, this this tactile therapy angle uh, actually influenced my uh, anxiety in so many ways. I do have a tendency towards panic attacks. Mm-hmm. That was probably the one major wellness thing that I have been battling. I'm much better with it now, but uh, you know, it dominated that. turbulent early 20s phase of my life like can you just describe what happens when you get a panic attack because i think a lot of people are uh, who who haven't experienced oh. i mean i've exp- i experienced panic attack so i don't need to be told but i know that the only way you really know what a panic attack is is when you get it and i don't mm-hmm. wish that on yeah. my my worst enemy i would anyone. not wish that any anyone anyone um and it took me a while to realize i mean i did see a counselor in the uk at the time who helped me understand this and i said don't give me pills give me behavioral techniques give me talk, cognitive techniques don't give me pills and i've been okay with those and i continue with them i don't and uh, my my trigger is separation anxiety i don't do well with separation separations okay uh it's rooted in childhood experiences etc even when people tell me that they're going away or if i realize mm-hmm. that people are going away mm-hmm. i still don't do well even if i have awareness of it so it's worse when people just disappear Okay, right? I've I've I'm I'm continuing to do a lot of work in this area in terms of dealing with separation anxiety, and um, I have to tell you that uh, people have to help you a little along the way, and they don't have to do much to help you. Uh, what does it? What does a panic attack feel like? Um, it, the sense of dread that overcomes you. Hmm. I mean, um, it really feels like death is breathing down your neck for me. Yeah, and. Uh, Death is death, and dread are breathing down your neck. You, I am rendered catatonic because my brain is like, oh, "Wow, this is what death feels facing death feels like." Like mm-hmm. looking death in the face feels like this. I, I am rendered catatonic. I get very, I get chills. I get chills big time. Right. And it doesn't work well for someone who doesn't like the cold. Mm. So I then have this instinct to hold on to somebody or something. Okay. Preferably some, right, rather than something, and I get nauseous. Okay. And I I I I cry instantly and intensely. I'm not somebody who deals well with cat feeling catatonic. Uh you know mobility, expression it's, it's natural to me so to be uh cut off from a natural instinct is automatically very disorienting. And uh my, my the main uh, symptoms I experience are these uh sense overwhelming overwhelming sense of dread and the subsequent sense of catatonic behavior. uh nausea and uh chills okay and and the crying and it's been a very difficult journey you know it wasn't so difficult up until this point it's gotten while it's got, while my while the way in which i handle it has gotten better okay right i i still don't take any pills for it i uh 
I follow the same cognitive and behavioral techniques. Uh, I used to get uh, panic attacks, I think, almost once every other month. Okay. Now it's maybe once in few months. And uh, lately I haven't, no recent memory of one. So it's good. It's great. Yeah, it's liberating. Great. That's, that's, that's great. Um, but what, uh, so while that, uh, while the, there has been improvement in terms of how I deal with it, What's made it worse is how people treat you. And that's what I want to speak to people about. And I would implore people that please be a little bit kind and a little bit considerate. Uh, if somebody shares with you that they have a propensity towards anxiety, a lot of people, you know, when they don't know other people well, they may not go into too much detail. They might just say, listen, I have a tendency to get anxious. Right. Very, gener very general statement. I, I would implore people that when someone says that to you, no matter what they're experiencing, what level they're experiencing inside, please be very kind and accommodating because it would mean so much to the person. You right. know, right. dating yeah. is a nightmare. Dating is a nightmare in Delhi. Oh, God. Because of this, I've had terrible, <laughs> I've had terrible experiences because people judge me. If, if, they, if they've had to deal with me in a situation of, a, of an anxiety attack, yeah. they don't want to see my face ever again. And that's so hard. That's so heartbreaking. And that's also, uh, I think, they're not. Uh, there's not enough uh, education and ex even experience around it for people who've never experienced it themselves or who don't know anyone who has it. It's like, oh my God, you know, what's you know, I'm, I'm, what's what's going on? Like this is this is. Uh, the, perhaps they they have they yeah. they have got so frightened themselves that. Uh, but it's it's something that you know it's something that can be helped and it's something that. Often I find that a lot of people get more resilient and stronger when they realize that the support system is coming from people around them. Friends, family, partners, colleagues. Sure. They feel, they, they deal with anxiety better when they see that a significant other, it could be a parent, a sibling, someone they look up to, a partner, hmm. a potential partner, when they see that sense of accommodation and understanding coming from them, they feel stronger. Sure, yeah. They feel stronger. And when you're ghosted or when people who know that you have this propensity, still treat you in a way that can amplify the situation. Mm, mm. That just aggravates the problem. Sure, of course it does, yeah. If, if, if you and I are on a first date, for example, and if I tell you that, listen, this is a date and not a date view, I'm not interviewing you, mm. it's not like on day three, where is this going, blah, blah, blah. You know, uh, if I say to you that, listen, if you don't want to take something forward, please don't ghost me, just drop me a text or a phone, even a Although I'm not in favor of text with conversations like these, even if you're the text kind of person, just let me know that, hey, it was very nice meeting you, but I think we should see other people. Uh, you know, let's just stay friends. But this ghosting thing, I don't understand. I think that's it become the culture, so though. And I think this this uh, ghosting it's a culture is, is. Horrific culture. I think it started from, uh, and I, I may be wrong, I think it started from social media. And people yeah. learned this behavior from social media. It was easy to switch off, block a person, delete a person and ghost them. I think that's yeah. where the term originally uh, came from. And then people realized, hey, we can do this online and get away with it. Why not just do this in person? And honestly, like there's no it's... like, uh, and I know people uh, do this all the time. I know that people do this all the time, online and offline now. Yeah. Like, well, I found other ways to empower myself. If I find someone doing that to me, I go and uh, make sure that they are never able to uh, keep an eye on what I'm doing. You know, there are people who just don't talk to you, don't return your calls, don't 
see your messages and it's supposed to be flattering that they're on your stories no is it supposed to be flattering? sorry you don't a lot of people think a lot of people hang on to that they'll be like uh, i haven't spoken to him in three months but i saw him on my stories last night oh god that just uh, sounds bizarre to me like why would you want like if someone is it is bizarre it is bizarre you're hanging on to the thread of someone showing up in your stories when you have a closer means of communication with them i.e you have their number hmm. they don't deem you worthy of a, a return of a phone call or a, or a message and it's supposed to be cool that they're watching your stories it's so i i i set my own boundaries i i i block them they can't see yeah, my stories they sure. have no idea what what's happening in my life you know it's 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 empowering to set boundaries if you don't like something you're not obligated to deal with it and here's a something else that spirituality teaches you that you can't help people who don't want to be helped you can't ask people to be a certain way for a lot of people things that you would never do yourself is a normal we're talking about a new normal and adapting uh, uh, you know a, a, a normal that's uh, changing evolving etc at the moment but for a lot of people uh, toxic behavior is is normal um doormat behavior is normal apathetic behavior is normal and it's not normal it's normal in the sense they genuinely think it's the norm it's but not that they because they've been doing it things. they've been doing it again and again and again and mostly getting away with it uh so it becomes or not like if you're being a doormat or like even being a doormat is it's you know it's a behavior and people get used to being treated like crap and then you just that pattern repeats you 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 just find the same kind of people to treat you like crap and then you do it again and again and again that's a self fulfilling prophecy in its own yeah, way yeah also in a, in a, in a way yeah in a way because it's about what you think you deserve no or what you think you need you get that aspect right mm. and you'll realize that you've been wasting a lot of time that's why it, it just i know it sounds like a very cliche thing to say but again coming back to the introspective process we've got to tell our we've got to help ourselves understand that there's a lot of things that exist in our life purely out of habit including people and that doesn't mean we start cutting off people the minute they start irritating us i'm just saying that if we find certain things repeating and it's repeating in a way that is aggravating us it's probably because it's outgrown its uh, shelf life yeah that makes sense you wouldn't keep you wouldn't keep stinking eggs or stinking milk in the mm. fridge right yeah that makes sense yeah <laughs> but it's but it's not but that, but that doesn't mean that that milk wasn't good for you or the eggs weren't fresh at some point at some so, point yeah at some point yeah it's rotting for a reason so you might as well get rid of it and it's hard it's hard to let go of habits it it's hard to let go of people who you thought were the one yeah it happens so much with people no they're like oh this person is taking all my boxes and i don't need to look beyond this person and then you realize no this this person's behaviors are reminding me of the fact that i'm just succumbing to the same cycle again which means then you have to cut your cords with that person yeah that's because and you that's don't you know you keep people keep attracting the same person again and again into the life because they don't change their own energy so they, even though they feel this is a new person actually you've attracted it's just a different face but the personality will end up being exactly like the person you were trying to avoid because you haven't changed your energy the the previous person's energy is still with you and you know this is like you change it through affirmations you change it through so many things again and again and again this is same. exactly how this is exactly how crystals work what you just said about changing energies when your energy is changed sometimes as i said the same crystal may not speak to you in the same way or you might feel okay my work with this ah, person okay okay that that's, makes it sense it actually literally works yeah yeah and that's why some people who are who don't want to get caught up into the whole thing of crystals because it is 
it's hard to stop let's be honest and it can you can end up breaking the bank in that respect because you think i need a crystal for this or for oh, this oh understood understood i think we will have to uh, do another episode because we have been speaking for 2 hours and 16 minutes which i'm going to split into two of two part series because there's so many things that i still haven't discussed with you i wanted to discuss the bark flower remedy and your own fitness regiment and you do a lot of uh, yeah. you know you talk a lot about uh, women's health and women's beauty and 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 i know a lot of people will be interested in that so we'll have to schedule another episode for that but sumiran this has been this has been uh, i don't know what to say it's it's uh, you know my mind is like all over the place and we have spoken about so many interesting things i don't know how to edit I this i don't know how to put this together because um it's just been fascinating and and i don't know where it's we, we we've been speaking for over 2 hours and the time is just for me time is just flown i've been educated about so many things and i know that people are going to get like a like a lot and a, a lots of good stuff out of our conversation at least i hope I they hope do i hope so i hope so because um you know i've had a blast uh during this conversation uh thank you so much for uh getting me on board to do this i'll be more than happy to schedule another podcast but i hope that the things i've said resonate with your audience in the same way that it's resonated with you because i really just believe in i mean i'm speaking from the heart here and the way the lockdown has impacted all of us and the way what everything is happening in the world is impacting us you know i just I, i've put all my defenses down and i'm just speaking to you as i think people should speak to each other as i told you you know the whole art of storytelling have began with this oral tradition yeah right so i i'm a big believer in this and if through this exchange uh, you know someone feels like something has sparked within them or something has resonated then the the, the job of this dialogue i would say at least in that respect is no i am so, i am I sure and I, i think that is very clear that you're speaking from the heart and that will be highly appreciated Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and taking out Thank so you. much time in your most productive hour. I didn't know that this hour up to 4 p.m. is your most productive hour. So I have. Uh, but this is. But this has been so productive. This, but this is what I love to do. This yeah. is me completely in my element. So this has been a fantastic afternoon. Please don't say no, that. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that, and we will definitely do another podcast because I want to speak about many more things with you. But sure. uh, yeah. so I will end it there. So thank you so much. and thank, thank you for you sharing so the voices in your head i really hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as i did i really enjoyed speaking to sumiran and learning from her and we'll have to do maybe a part 3 or another episode with her because there are so many things that i didn't get to discussing with her that are great interest to me and i know in the wellness sphere there are a lot of things that she's into which we didn't get into but we will we will do another episode with her you can get in touch with sumiran or myself and give us your feedback tell us what you think and as usual thank you for tuning in to voices in my head i'll be back with many more interesting people take care of yourself because our wellness journey will continue voices in my head is created and hosted by yamir adhar this podcast is for information purposes only Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. We disclaim responsibility for any adverse effects that may arise from any information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guests' qualifications or credibility. If you think you have a medical problem, 
Consult a licensed physician.